Monique Steele is with us now for the Rural News. Kia ora, red meat exports remain under pressure. Yes, volatility in global markets and softer consumer demand, including from our biggest customer, China, is hitting exports. New data from the Meat Industry Association shows red meat exports were worth $730 million in August alone, a 16% drop on the same time last year. Sally Murphy has more. The main decline was in exports to China, which were down 44%. Association Chief Executive Surma Karapiva says New Zealand is facing growing competition in the Chinese market, with 43 countries now exporting there. She says the volume of Brazilian and other South American beef entering the Chinese market is significant and is driving prices down. And Australia producers are exporting significant volumes of mutton to China. That, alongside conservative consumer spending, is also driving down pricing. Ms Carapiva says on a brighter note, red meat exporters are starting to benefit from the NZUK free trade deal with an increase in beef exports and North American markets are taking more New Zealand meat. That slump in beef exports to China has hit farm gate prices here too. AgriHQ senior analyst Mel Crowe says the average price fell 52 cents a kilogram from July to August. Look, China unfortunately showed the most significant drop. Um, they fell by over 70 cents a kilo, while the US declined by just over 30 cents a kilo. Towards the end of August, and I guess through September as well, farm gate prices have started to recover some of that lost ground. And it does suggest that the September export values are likely to show a little bit more of a positive trend, but that is largely being supported by improving US imported beef prices. That's Mel Crode of AgriHQ. Helicopters were out fighting frost across parts of the North Island this morning in a bid to save crops like kiwifruit, blueberries and asparagus. Last year, a hard late spring frost caused huge damage to crops. Most blueberry growers lost between 50 and 90% of their crop and asparagus spears were so damaged they had to be mowed down. A heavy frost hit the same areas this morning, the Bay of Plenty, Waikato and the Ki kiwifruit growing areas of Katikati and Tupuke. Sika is the country's largest kiwifruit grower. Its chief executive Michael Franks says the kiwifruit vines have just woken up with buds out, making it vital to protect them from the frost. Helicopters were brought into the Bay of Plenty region. All of the windmills and water systems were, were checked and operating and generally the frost has been averted. People have been able to fight the frost off. In a couple of pockets of small areas, we're talking very small areas, there will be some frost damage, we'll see it in a day or two, but outside of that we've largely got away with it. Blueberry grower Dan Peach of Oakberry Farms near Hamilton says they also used frost-fighting techniques overnight, so have come away unscathed. Horofenua asparagus grower Cam Lewis says about 50% of the blocks frosted, causing some damage and slowing growth. Meanwhile, Cambridge grower Andrew Kearney says there was some damage, but nowhere near as bad as last year's frost. There's a call for greater scrutiny of erosion-prone land being used for farming as the forestry industry prepares for new rules coming into force. The government has announced new rules, including giving local councils more control to decide where commercial forests are planted and stricter rules around slash. Slash longer than two metres must be removed after harvest from erosion-prone land unless it's unsafe to do so. Federated Farmers says it's great to finally see action that will make a big difference for 
rural communities in light of growing frustration with the amount of productive farmland being lost to pine tree plantations. Lobby group Mana Taiao Tairawhiti is also pleased with the changes, but spokesperson Manu Kedi told Morning Report farms on erosion-prone land need to be investigated too. These rules come in in November, so you know they've only got a month's notice, um, and these are very strict compared to what they've had to date. So that's going to be some big changes potentially for the region. Uh, the other thing we've been saying is this is great for forestry, but there's some massive issues with pasture on erosion-prone land as well. So let's look at the rules around farming. And so these are big issues for, for, for the country and for the region that's relied on these industries for 100 years. We're going to have to do things quite differently going forward. Forest Owners Association President Grant Dodson says the land use inquiry done after Cyclone Gabrielle showed farmland erosion was an ongoing and substantial problem and more trees are the only thing that could fix that. Global dairy prices continue to climb off the near five-year low point seen in August. The average price rose 4.4% to $3,104 a tonne at the global dairy trade auction overnight. NZX dairy analyst Alexandria Winning says it's the third consecutive rise. Great news for farmers. Whole powder rising 4.8%, but you've also got skim up 6.6%, and AMF 3.7, butter 1.3. And those three commodities, in addition to buttermilk powder, they all impact the milk price. So you're going to have farmers kind of cheering a little bit in the background, seeing things bounce back, which is awesome. That's Alexandria Winning of NZX. Wayne Langford has stepped down from his role as General Manager of Food Charity Meet the Need to focus on his role as Federated Farmers President. Mr Langford helped start the charity in 2020 through COVID to facilitate donations of livestock and milk from farmers for food banks across the country. He says he's proud of the work done over the last three years, providing enough meat for over a million meals. The new General Manager of Meet the Need will be announced soon. And just lastly, Fish and Game has launched a study into the economic impact of one of the country's most popular sports fisheries. The Mackenzie Basin Hydro Canal fishery is well known as a great spot to catch prized trophy-sized trout and salmon. More than 73,000 people holding a fishing licence will be invited to take part in an email survey to gather information on their spending over that past fishing season. Fish and Game spokesperson Stephen McKnight says anglers from all around the country are regular visitors to the canal fishery and they often make targeted trips. He says the economic benefits anglers bring to the Mackenzie Basin community are thought to be substantial, but there's no hard data and that's why the survey is being done. The results will be released next year. And that's the rural news for today. Koyara te porongo o te taifenawa. Thank you very much, Minik Steele, with the rural news there.